Hello and welcome to our first ever live YouTube video. Ooh, uh, for two up top is myself, Gav Mack, and Alex Osborne. Alex, how are you, dude? I'm very well, thank you very much. How are you? I'm all right, mate. Welcome, 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 Dane. Um, on today's show, what we'll be talking about on our first ever YouTube live stream, it is a game day review of, of week 30 in the Premier League. Uh, welcome back to the Premier League. Thank you very much for coming, Prem. Um, we'll be talking about embarrassing Arsenal. Uh, we'll be talking about the Palace push for European uh, placings in the Premier League. And we'll be previewing as well all of Saturday, all of Sunday's games, including the Merseyside derby, where Liverpool will be getting that little bit closer to the title uh it's myself gav mack and alex osborne as you can see there so uh where oh, i don't know where to start really if i'm honest with you i don't know whether to get out of the way or no no let's talk about something else before i lose my absolute mind um watford versus leicester was the early kickoff the lunchtime kickoff uh watford won leicester won all the goals came as of 90 minutes from ben chilwell with a lovely strike and then you know, the best overhead kick of all time, according to one of our Watford friends from Dawson. Um, what were your thoughts on the game, Alex? Yeah, not a lot. Both teams cancelled each other out. Again, it was it's, it's the theme that sort of ran through the Bundesliga, it's running through the Premier League, because this is people players' first game in three months and they've not had any pre-season to build up match fitness. It's... Um, it's the quality is showing, isn't it? Or the lack of quality, I should say, is showing, isn't it? Yeah, it's a weird one because look where Leicester are. Leicester are pretty much nailed third place. Watford, they're in a relegation battle. We're all aware of this. And they had a torrid time throughout the whole season. They had that little moment of glory around Christmas time when they won four out of five, I think it was. They were the second most informed team uh, behind Liverpool in the league at that point. And Leicester had already gone through their their lull. You know, I think they had something like four wins in, in 14 in all competitions. But both teams, I felt, were very even yesterday. And I don't know whether that has anything to do with the COVID break or not, or whether Leicester were a little bit complacent in the, in the Brendan Rodgers derby. Watford, we know that they need help, but if they continue putting in performances like that, then I can see every reason for them to stay up. Ishmael Assar is going to be a, a big determining factor in that. He was very good again yesterday. Yeah, well, we've had the pleasure of seeing him live and he is a joy. I look at I look at Arsenal, I think you just spent 70-odd million on Pepe when you could have actually signed Saar for pittance really and you've actually seen him play you've actually had to deal with his pace and power and skill in front of your eyes over two legs so I think Arsenal missed a trick there and Watford have got an absolute gem yeah uh, he he's very very good he's very very good <laughs> great analysis I know great analysis um Chilwell strike what do you think of that didn't belong in the game we <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> It was like one of those goals where it belongs in like a, an absolute, you know, like the Liverpool Newcastle classic from the mid nineties. Yes, that was the kind of game that it belonged in, not a turgid nil-nil. What looked like it was drifting to a nil-nil draw, and then it, he just comes up with an absolute beauty. I love the little ping across the field. I can't remember who crossed it over to him, but it was one of those where it just floats into any. It was like he took the touch on the half volley, and it just laid perfectly in his path, and he just 
as soon as he hit it, you like he was like, yeah, that's yeah. Gone in. yeah, you know where it's going. You know exactly where, it, where it's going. Um, what, what's Dawson thinking about doing overhead kicks on the ninety third minute? Uh, he's thinking, I want to score. <laughs> I need to score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just hooked it in. Do we question yeah. Schmeichel on that a little bit? I think so. I mean, we're going to question De Gea. We've got to question Schmeichel. Mm. You know, um, I mean, it's closer in, so, you know, he has less time to react. But still, he's got a good hand to it and he's only pushed it into the top of the net. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we can question him. Good stuff. Right. Um, Non-Arsenal fans, make sure your eyes are peeled right now because there's about to be a meltdown. Brighton 2, Arsenal 1. Goals from uh, Pepe with the opener uh, just on the halfway point in the second half. Lewis Dunk and then Neil Mopai. Uh, however, there were quite a few talking points in this game. Um Let's start with the Leno challenge, the the challenge by Mopai on Leno. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I personally think it's a bit malicious from Mo Mopai. Personally, you think? Yeah. Well, you watch it. He is not really going for the ball because as he jumps, he turns his back into Leno and he pushes him, and Leno's already in a fairly awkward position catching it, and then. All of that momentum from Malpai's catch, uh, from uh, from Malpai's jumping into him, means that Leno just then completely and utterly lands awkwardly on his leg. And it's all well and good after the game, Rio saying, oh, I want my centre forward to do that. It's football, this, that and the other. But that exact type of challenge in rugby gets a player sinbinned. You cannot tackle a player in the air because they recognise how dangerous it is. So I was... I, I was losing my head when uh, Rio was going on about that because, uh, yeah, um, he, he was completely in the wrong for that. Do you think if there wasn't an injury as serious as it was, you'd have the same mentality? Oh, definitely. I, I always get annoyed when players can do players do that. It's just in the same way that I get annoyed when goalkeepers, you know, they come flying out like Edison did the other day. Mm. Uh, I know he flattened his own player, but... It's dangerous when you come when you've got mid-air collisions. There is a reason, like I say, in rugby, which and rugby's a far greater contact sport than football is. They get sin bin for that type of challenge in the mid-air because it's dangerous, and it doesn't ex just because he got an injury or not doesn't excuse the fact that he's still done it. And for him to then crow afterwards saying that Arsenal players need a bit of humility, uh, it, it, that was such a poor show from Neil Mopai. And yeah, uh, I, I don't want to really dwell on that too much okay let's not dwell on Neil Mopad too much but let's talk about Arsenal just for a few moments why do they have such a poor mentality going into games we talk about we talk about leadership and you know there, there isn't a, a Gilberto Silva there anymore or a or a Patrick Vieira or a Tony Adams etc but these are all these are all still professional footballers. Why can't they psych themselves up for a game and do something about it? One nil up, 20 minutes to go, should be looking at closing the game out. Well, this is what's happening now is just basically what's been is a culmination of what's been happening prior to um, to, to this season, basically. And this is not me trying to absolve Arteta of any blame because we'll get into that, but 
this is a, a result of 10 years plus of neglect from the board, the previous management, um, and it's just resulted in such a sharp decline that you cannot reverse it in in a in a six month period. You know, it, it and that goes to your lack of characters, your lack of leaders, because ultimately the recruitment has been appalling, and which is why they find themselves in this situation when you when you recruit poorly and you don't. Um, drill into players the mentality and coast along on laurels and you you don't treat the football club uh, you don't have football people in the positions that you should need to like you know with Bayern Munich you got look at you look at Bayern Munich's board and backroom staff it's full of football people isn't it mm. people who've got an experience and background in football whereas when you look at Arsenal it's corporate lawyers here it's people who used to work for Apple and other things it's like well hang on why they're not they're nothing to do with football right mm-hmm. so it it all starts from there and it, it's allowed to fester for f- far too long and it arsenal are now in sharp decline because of it hey look um I, I can go on a massive tirade about arsenal right now but if you want to do that you better watch an AFTV. we're a general football show so uh, i will try and keep as general as possible but arsenal need desperate desperate help and they need it yeah. from a higher power but at the same time they also need to make sure that the players on the field of play actually want to play for Arsenal and if they don't want to play for Arsenal we, they know where the door is and just use whatever money they can recoup for that and get in players that want to play for Arsenal look at what Liverpool have done and we've mentioned this uh, prior on the show Liverpool go out and buy players that are the best of the lesser teams and they go to Liverpool and continue their drive. Arsenal don't do that. And until Arsenal are able to do that, then they will stagnate and they will be looking at multiple, multiple mid-table finishes. But on Brighton's hand, that is a very, very vital, very vital points, three points for Brighton in their fight against relegation. It is. Um, Personally, I didn't think either. I don't think either side deserved to win that game yesterday. I thought it should have been a draw. On the balance of play, neither side did enough to win, but Brighton managed to snatch the victory late, uh, right at the end. There, um, I don't think uh, Graham Potter did anything revolutionary to make Brighton uh, deserved winners. I, I, conversely, Mikel Arteta made numerous mistakes yesterday which meant that Arsenal shouldn't have won either. So the fact that they managed to get a victory there, yeah, um, Brighton have obviously snapped the points. Showed a bit bit of character, in my opinion. That's what it was all about, character. Um, The evening game was uh, was West Ham nil, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2. Now, we love Wolves. And what they've brought to the Premier League is such a breath of fresh air. And it's that man, Raul Jimenez, again, who scored and, and Neto's strike was 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 pretty tasty. Yeah. Oh, that, <laughs> that Neto goal, as soon as it left his boot, Jesus, that was, uh, yeah, that was a great goal. That was an absolute great goal. Uh, but I like the first goal as well. Raul Jimenez, mate, he's a proper centre forward. He's a, he's, he's the centre forward that Arsenal should be having. Because he's far, and, and, and I know you like Lacazette, but can you've got to see the difference? Oh no, 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 no! And Lacazette, I, I, they I, are. I like Lacazette. 
I don't bang on about saying Lacazette is world class or anything like that. I just think he's a he's a good striker. I think Lacazette, when he was brilliant at his absolute peak, was when he was at Leon and he had Nabil Fakir with him. Arsenal missed a trick there, and whoever wants to sign Nabil Fakir at the time should have signed Lacazette with them. You know, Personally, they, they, they I think come that's together. probably their level. That's probably their level, though. They're just in that type of league. Maybe they would do well in the Italian league, but when it comes to the Premier League, it, I don't think he's got the necessary physical qualities to, to do well. That's fair but going back to Wolves, yes. going back to Wolves, um, I'll tell you who looked good when he came on. Is that Adama Traore? Well, we, we all, we all know like what Adama Traore could do. He looks like he's turned the corner because, as you say, the break could have played him out of form. Could have hindered him. It could have. It, it, it could have it could have obviously given players other teams to prepare for him but when he came on he made he was the one who made a difference because it was nil nil yes. when he before he came on and then he did he he set up Jimenez's goal yes. didn't he he was the one who put the cross in for Jimenez's goal in fact was he the one who put the cross in for Neto's goal as well I think it might have been actually so yeah he was he's strong he's quick he's direct he's a pretty decent dribbler what what hindered him before was that he was he was too quick. Blocked. He was too yeah, quick. But he, so would, that, he, would, he would run down blind alleys and he wouldn't know how to use his pace properly. He didn't have a, It seems like he didn't have a footballing brain. And Nuno uh, Espirito Santo has turned him into a footballer, if that makes sense. You know, he's given him that football insight. He's given him uh, uh, the intelligence. And he's learned it, obviously. He's had to learn it himself whilst he's, whilst he's been going along. It's almost like a, like a case study, you know, learning on the job. But like a like an apprenticeship, but it's worked, and it's it, it's worked. It, it, it's, um, you know, everyone's looking at him. And I'll, t- I'll tell you what, as well, what it shows again, they ha- Wolves haven't spent obscene amounts of money, but look at the players that they've got into their side, and they've recruited well, and it's no coincidence, and it's no uh, it's no surprise that they're up at the top of the uh, top half of the table, top end of the table, mm. because they they've got good football players and they've recruited well, and like I say, can trust compare and contrast that to Arsenal where lots of fans are, are going to be like oh no we need to spend all this money to get back you don't you just need to recruit and scout yeah, it's not well. about how much you spend it's how you spend it uh, yeah. West Ham are are okay, classic well, at that to be fair exactly um, and West, West Ham, Ham we, we, yeah. we all thought that you know Hallow was going to be I, I know he didn't play yesterday I don't think um, uh, but we all thought he was going to be good. I, I still think he could be. I but still think he can he be. He doesn't good. quite. I don't know if he. I don't know if he quite fits into what West Ham want to do. And but what is what is the what is the the mental what is the idea of what West Ham are meant to be? We we don't really know where what West Ham are meant to be. They're a little bit like Everton in that respect, you know, and we'll be uh, myself and, uh, and Adam the Greek Harrell will be presenting the show tomorrow. And we'll be talking about Everton in depth because I have a feeling that they're not going to do much today. But we we talk about what are Everton, but we also need to talk about what are West Ham because West Ham they 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 haven't got an identity. The fans are like, yeah, we want to do this, we want to do that, and then we, they get players in that do that, but they're not good enough to do it. They spend a lot of money, West Ham as well. I've got a feeling that. They they could go well. They could go down mathematically, but I have a feeling that it might be them in 18th position at the end of the season. Yeah, West Ham. Uh, I think West Ham are in trouble. Personally, they're not looking good. Um, and then the night game, um, the first ever 
live Premier League game on BBC was Bournemouth nil, Crystal Palace 2. I heard a wonderful stat yesterday. It's the first time that two separate players for the same, for, that both play for Palace have scored in the same game for over a year. Wow. So, so <laughs> and it's also their fourth clean sheet in the top flight in in a row. That is a Crystal Palace record. Uh, Milojevic, um, he scored a free kick after 12 minutes. And then Jordan Nye, who loves scoring goals at the moment after 23 minutes. Um, Mil Mil Milojevic, that free kick was sumptuous. It was lovely. Uh, I wasn't expecting, I think that's the first free kick we've seen scored since we come back, isn't it? It might have been. I've I've been so used to watching the relived Euro '96 on ITV Hub, and seeing how terrible set pieces were in that competition, you know. And then there's not been many free kicks in the Bundesliga um, that have uh, that have been scored directly. That for me though is inch perfect yeah. because the keepers actually got a hand on that, and it still wasn't enough. I don't I don't blame Ramsdale for that whatsoever. That was all on on the free kick and the technique of it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. Um, Jordan Ayew, he, he, he scored after after 23 minutes. And, you know, from that moment, Crystal Palace were able to, to manage the game and control the game. How often could we ever turn around and say Crystal Palace controlled the game well? <laughs> they don't score enough goals for them to ever uh, control the game. That's the problem, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, Bournemouth are in trouble as well, I think. I think Bournemouth are in trouble. They're in serious trouble. We, 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 spoke we, about... we thought... We thought that they would this break would do them well to get their injuries back, but they looked toothless. And Martin asked me the question is if Bournemouth get relegated. Oh, just for the record, Martin, Howell, Martin, and, 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 Martin is is Alex's housemate, uh, uh, but yeah. also is a big part of the Turp Top family for people that haven't seen the show before. Uh yeah, he asked me if Bournemouth get relegated, would Eddie Howe get another Premier League job? And I was like, I don't know. I I don't know. I think if I think Eddie Howe would. I think he. I think uh, he would, and I, I, I honestly believe that because this season he has been absolutely screwed by injuries. This is the first game back. It's very difficult to judge a team on their first game back after such a long hiatus. Look, it doesn't matter if it was just say it was the last game of of the previous season and the first game of the new season. In that time period, it's a, it's a shorter window than what we have had just now. And also, in that time period, you have a month off and then a month and a half to two... Uh, well, a month and a half of friendlies and training and, you know, play against your local team, you know, just to get a little bit of revenue for your local team and then playing some international tournaments and do and, and do whatever, you know. So you've got enough time to, to build your team up ready for the new season. We haven't had that. So it the first round of fixtures, the second round of fixtures will be a little bit potluck. And we already saw that in the Bundesliga already. And we've played a big part in the Bundesliga um, review shows so far, have, have we not? So we've been able to see what has been happening prior to the break and what comes out afterwards. Bournemouth, they've been struggling with injuries the whole time, or, or whole time this season. At one point, they had nine First team players out with injury, including key players like Nathan uh, Nathan Ake, like Callum Wilson, like uh, Harry Wilson, and my boy David Brooks, who had a brilliant game yesterday, despite the the poor form 
from uh, the poor uh, performance from Bournemouth? Mm, we'll see. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't quite share the same optimism you do on Bournemouth there. I think I think it's more I think it's more of Eddie Howe thing than than a Bournemouth thing. As I said, like, I I don't think I don't think Bournemouth if, if they go down this year, I don't think he could solely put the whole blame on on Eddie Howe. There's there's only one game where I could think of tactically he got it all wrong, and that was the 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 uh, Watford game just before the break, and I thought that was a game down the bottom where you should be doing something out of it. And they just kept on playing at the back. It was, it was, it was poor. It was poor. Um, but yeah, Bournemouth, they're in, they're in, they're in a lot of trouble at the moment. A lot of trouble. Um, why don't we talk about some of the games that are happening today very briefly, and then we'll let everyone go off and watch their games. And the first game that we're going to be coming across is Newcastle versus Sheffield United. Um, that is a two o'clock kickoff, so you'll be able to watch that in just over 35 minutes' time on Sky Sports, if you have Sky Sports. And if not, ask one of your pals for their Sky ID. Lovely. Um, Newcastle versus Sheffield United. Where can you see this game going? I see. It. Normally, I'd probably be looking at this as a draw. Um, Sheffield United are going to feel aggrieved, obviously, what happens to midweek. And again, I would say that they've already played a game, so they would probably be, be more favoured here because they've already had a game of match. Uh, match, and that doesn't make any sense. They've already had uh, a, a ninety minutes under their legs, whereas this is obviously Newcastle's first game, so. Uh, advantage Sheffield United in that regard for for it, but that didn't turn out to be the case with yesterday's game of Brighton and Arsenal. But uh, I'm going with a draw in this one. Uh, I think it's going to be nil nil, one one one, something like that. Um, I've, I've, I've lost I've lost your audio, um, but it has been recording, so that's the main thing. So. It's going to be absolutely winged for a couple of moments because I have no idea what you just said there. But for me, uh, the, my, my <laughs> prediction of this game is that Sheffield United, yes, they have had that 90 minutes. So, a Newcastle, I can't, that, that if, if there's a definition of toothless in the Premier League, it is Newcastle because you've got Joel Linton who scored one goal all season. It's funny because our Bundesliga show with our inside information guy, Flo Wolfram, who works for, for Bayer Leverkusen, he knows Joel Linton, not personally, but has seen him on a much more regular basis. You know, I watched a few games with him in. He looked okay, not 45 million okay. But other than that, I can't really see where Newcastle are going to be scoring scoring many goals. It's going to be a tight one. I think it's going to be a 1-0 Sheffield United, in my opinion. So, um, probably be a least move set, because when, when Sheffield United win 1-0, it tends to be a least move set. Um, the, the team news is out. I haven't got it to hand, but um, but yeah, I can see Sheffield United winning that game. Um, the game afterwards is Aston Villa versus Chelsea. Now, this is going to be very interesting because I can't hear what Alex is saying. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I love technology. Um, that is a quarter past four kickoff. All the games are on Sky Sports today um, for, for the record. So once again, just make sure you've got a a decent power with their Sky ID and be able to watch it on their Sky Go, etc. Aston Villa, they might feel a little bit buoyed by their result against Sheffield United this week, um, but I can't see Chelsea winning, uh, losing this game. I, I should say, I, I see Chelsea coming out of the blocks and and and, and doing a real solid job on Villa and cementing their space in the top four. Yeah, uh, Chelsea will 
win this game. Even though Villa have had the game already, uh, I think they'll, Chelsea will just be too strong for them. Uh, and they'll be buoyed by the fact that they've had uh, a couple of signings announced during the break. So, yeah, I can see the Chelsea being buoyed by that, along with some players that had returned from injury again, Tammy Abraham uh, included. So, yeah, uh, I'd Chelsea win for me. There you go. Um, <laughs> and um, the Merseyside derby, seven o'clock tonight, as Liverpool just go that little bit closer to lifting their first ever Premier League title and their first league title since 1990, when I was just a little nipper. I was, I was, I was two, um, nearly three when, uh, when, when that happened. Alex was probably about sixty-four years old. Uh, I can't hear what you're saying, so that's fine. I'm just going to keep walking over that. I can see your face, facial reactions, but that's fine. Um, Everton, I'm sure myself and and Adam Harrell will be cutting apart Everton tonight. Hey, look, as far as I'm concerned. Break or not, Liverpool are going to absolutely storm this game. You should look at, oh, yeah, it's a local derby, yada, yada. But if we go back to the FA Cup game earlier on this season, and third round of the FA Cup, when Liverpool clearly didn't really care that much about the tournament and threw all their kids out there, and Everton had the strongest side that they could possibly name and still weren't able to pick up a victory, it's just a mental block now for Everton and I can't see a way of Everton picking up any points, not even not even a single point against Liverpool, especially the fact that I, I feel that Liverpool want to get the title wrapped up as quickly as possible and then let everyone rest and then they can put some kids out or some fringe players. What do you think, Alex? Uh, well, I don't think Everton have beat Liverpool for a decade now, have they, in all competitions? So, yeah, Liverpool win. One, one win closer to the title, pretty much that's it. I think he stopped talking. So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, <laughs> I'll go with that. Um, and um, as I said, I can't hear what you're saying. So, I agree. I agree. Now, let's have a look at the table at the moment. Uh, that is the, that's the wrong table. I haven't got a table to hand. Um, so we won't look at the table at the moment. Instead, what we'll do is look forward to the games later on today. And also, we have got um, a number of shows this week. So uh, as you can see, we are currently watching the, the Sunday 21st of June 1pm game. Uh, we show live on YouTube currently. Uh, tomorrow, it will be myself and Adam the Greek at 7pm, reviewing everything that's happened today and previewing Manchester City versus Burnley. Uh, that is going to be live on Facebook, on our Facebook page at 7 o'clock, and you'll be able to see all our social media links in a few moments' time. Uh, we've got two shows on Thursday, which we're really looking forward to. We've got the Premier League Game Day 31 review and preview, because there's still going to be a couple of games on Thursday that we will be dying to see. Um, that is going to be at 11 a.m live on our YouTube channel. So make sure you tune in for that. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, as you should all know and should all be doing already. At 5 p.m., we have our top fives. It'll be myself, Gav Mack, uh, Alex Osborne and Stephen Buck cutting down our top five fullbacks in Premier League history. So make sure 
you put your two quids worth in for that as well. And then on Saturday morning next week, you'll see myself and Alex doing the weekend preview of the FA Cup games. Now, um, for myself and Alex Osborne. Oh, before I go, I should say, um, before I say goodbye, there's our social media links. Um, yeah, like and share, click like, share, subscribe, uh, and all that jazzimataz. Um, there's our Twitter handle. There it is. Um, there is our Instagram handle. And because on Facebook, I normally put the Facebook bit on, on YouTube, I'll do exactly the same. At Two Up Top Football on all social media platforms. Thank you, everybody. And good. Bye.